Family, tonight we're going to talk about some current events, some things that we really need to address and get off our chest. We're going to talk about mental health issues. We're going to talk about what are the mental health issues that causes terrorism. Sometimes an individual with legit mental health issues forgets to take a goals off his or her med. Sometimes there may be a chemical imbalance. So the doctor will give them a prescription for the meds that balance this chemical out. What diagnosis or what medication is there for a monstrous act like walking into a civilian-occupied dwelling and opening fire. Our prayer goes out to the victims and families that was affected by those monstrous acts. We now have to put those shooters in the same category with someone with bipolar, PTSD, multiple personality disorder. How and why is that? Since when did we as a country use mental health as a cover-up for hate and terror? If it was a person of color, the acts would have been labeled something different, and the statements would have covered an entire group. So should the sick individuals that spew and spread hate via the media outlets, including the news, be held liable? Somebody has to be. So, without further ado, talk to me, family. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? We're good. We're good. What's your thoughts? I, you know, I, I really have to have to sit back and think on this for a little bit. Because <clears throat> uh, I, I, I don't agree that that people who commit murder, mass murder, should be categorized. As mentally ill um, it's, it's hard Because I do understand that Some of them may be Mentally ill but I I, I just I, I have to wonder If To what capacity is one mentally ill When They murder someone you know, I don't know. I'm not mentally ill, and, and I, I don't know of any of my family members who are. But what type of illness could you have where you deliberately get up and you just go and commit mass murder? I think it's more criminally ill, but someone of higher power called it mental 
illness? Why couldn't it be spiritual illness? Why couldn't it be spiritual illness? What is spiritual illness? Well, it's something that definitely has not been uh, defined because uh, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, having this physical experience. And if you're a loving spirit, you're going to love life. But if you're an evil spirit, you're going to hate and want to destroy. But typically we call it mental illness. Well... I think mental illness is that what it is. When somebody walk into a dwelling, an occupied dwelling by civilians, and open fire with the intent to mow down a specific group of people, I don't think that's mental illness. So my level of intellect is criminal illness. Once again, that's the mind. Spiritual illness is new to me. That's the reason why I didn't put that option out there. Thank you. What if the person was possessed by some sort of evil spirit? In that realm, we call it multiple personality disorder. What if that person was possessed? How would we know that? Okay, your question, how will we know that? The question Mm -hmm. is scientifically based. How can we scientifically prove that this person is possessed by an evil spirit? And I'm not an expert, uh, there might be some experts that uh, can prove that uh, many times when something horrible happens, the person may have been possessed or overtaken because it's not their normal thought process or normal activity. I'm not making excuses. I'm just putting the question out there. Okay. So when they go on these websites that that causes one to think about hate, one that alters one mentality, is that where the that possibly could be where the possession comes in? I can see that. But I still don't see or understand how when someone commits these acts, we have had 250 victims of mass shootings in a year's time. that's, That's heavy. See, and I, you know, just being the devil's advocate here, I... I kind of want to step out and say that that's deliberate. That's that's part, you know, that like, 
250 victims in one year's time for mass shootings. That sounds deliberate to me. That sounds planned. That sounds like execution, not sickness, not illness. I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong, and you know, and if I am, that's fine. I'll I'll take that. But you know, for it's it's one thing when you have crimes of passion. Okay, it's one thing when you have a hate crime, and you know, you've been brainwashed or, um, you know, you've been hurt into, you know, and you end up uh, killing, you know, your your spouse or boyfriend or what have you, crime of passion. And then you have, you know, again, um, man, I just can't see someone being sick and taking 250 lives. Like, I mean, I know one individual didn't do that, but I'm just saying, like, you mean to tell me that that many individuals have a mental illness? No, I'm not trying to tell you that at all. Please go ahead. Especially for people of color, there has not been enough education regarding mental illness. Um, If you say, I need to talk to a psychiatrist because I'm going through something, I don't understand it, where will you get encouragement from? I'm just going to say your family. Um, You all right, ain't nothing wrong with you, yada, 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 yada. The brain is an organ, just like the heart, just like the lungs. And we, I'm not sure how long ago, uh, PTSD was really uh, brought out and put on the table, but uh, the death of a loved one could cause PTSD, a form of PTSD, or a mental illness. Um, I, I, I'm not ashamed and not afraid to say, Yes, I have mental illness because I've dealt with tragedies from a very young age. I got scalded when I was about four or five years old. That was traumatic. It went from under my neck to around the back of my neck and over my shoulder. I mean, if that were to happen to an adult, we would call it PTSD today because that's a serious burn. We deal with atrocities every day. If not on the news, we see them or we hear about them. So how can you say that you're mentally well with all of this madness that's going on in the world? If you can, okay, I'm cool with that. But I have limits, and I become overwhelmed and stressed and don't know how to cope. So I got to go and get somebody to help me to understand how to cope mentally, just like high blood pressure. I got to go and get some medication. Just like diabetes, you got to go and get some medication. Or talk to someone, help talk to someone, and they can help you find your way out of your abyss or help you understand, no, the sky is not falling. We need, this This is, is real and is written about in the Bible. Um, what, what do you call it when Jesus went into the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights? 
he had to go seclude himself because I personally believe he was overwhelmed. He was men- he became mentally just overwhelmed. But we as individuals, just like we come here, most of us alone, you're going to have to stand alone and say to the, your country, hey, I'm having some problems. I don't know how to cope with them. I've, I've worked hard, paid taxes. I deserve these benefits. And there are, every, the average job has mental health benefits available to you. They're called EAP, Employee Assistance Programs. You don't have to let everybody know your business, but go and get the help. If something is troubling you, you can't figure it out, it could fester into grow into something else. Don't be afraid. We're not perfect. Thank you for letting me share. God, you said Jesus, he went in seclusion for 40 days. That's much better than going into Walmart and opening fire. Amen. We all get frustrated with life. We all have been through some type of trauma. But I don't think, well, for me, it wasn't or isn't bad enough for me to hate a particular group of people a specific color of people. I don't think hate is a mental illness. You know, it's not even so much as a particular group or a specific color. I mean, you think back to what was it, the Sandy Hook where the elementary school up the up north in Jersey or somewhere that um were had victims of mass shooting. What what group does children fall in? You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's not even limited to a specific group. Or, I mean, these people are, in my mind, they are deliberately planning these actions. I just think that. I mean, you. Right. It, I would think you have to sit and you have to, when you walk into a school, you have to be, to, to take lives of children, I think that is deliberate. I think it's well thought out. You've thought about it, and you've actually um, decided that that is what you're going to do, as evil as it may be. Um, I don't, I just don't, I can't fathom the notion that we would have or a mentally ill person could a true mentally ill person could take lives in a mass murderer type of way. Now I understand there's schizophrenia, there's bipolar disorder, um and, and usually those type of people have, you know, traumatic events that have happened and you know they relive them for whatever reason and and maybe act upon it then um but that's still different from someone being a mass murderer 
I think there's a difference. And I don't think that, you know, and, and like the sister said, yes, you know, we, in the world today, there I don't think that any single person can say I'm mentally, holistically mentally well. Um, and I do think that there, you know, people need some type of, some people need some type of assistance to cope, to to talk this thing called life out and, and figure out, you know, how to be okay during these trying times. I get that. I agree with that. I still think that those people are, are separate from the people who take lives. Um, and I don't think that it's fair to those who have a true illness like that. Um, I don't think it's fair to them when we just automatically throw mass murders in their categories for the sake of saying, oh, well, he's mentally ill. Well, what mental illness does he or she have that makes them want to take a life and, and here are thousands of other people who have this disease, living with this disease, and they, they haven't. They haven't done that action, not even when they've been off of meds. I agree. What I've I've learned is that in all these shootings, there were quite a few who were followers of a particular cult, if you will, and some had the notion to go out and hurt. Now, the shooting in the school, that's totally different. That was still uncalled for, but what I mean is that was different than this right here, although it's still just as sad. It's just as wrong but it wasn't labeled that the shooter had mental health issues although he may have but our head didn't label him as having mental health issues Could it be that he's deeming them mentally unstable because they're persuaded by the nonsense that they're reading online? I don't know. But I just don't think it's fair to parallel or to put them in the same category as someone with legit mental health issues. That's not fair. Absolutely. Not fair. And uncalled for, might I add. Which, um, so just a little more detail, which shooter um, with City had a have they labeled the shooter as 
mentally ill. Because I know there was one that happened in, in like, Dayton, right, over the weekend, um, just recently. And then there was, like, three cities, Texas, Dayton, and where else? California? Oh, um... I know Texas and Dayton. Okay. I think it was California, too. I can't remember. But um, so one out of those three, someone, one of the shooters out of those three have been labeled as an individual with a mental illness. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm researching now. So the one in Dayton was a 24-year-old man who opened fire inside of a bar. He had the body one was inside armor. of Walmart. Mm-hmm. Okay, the one inside of Dayton, the one in Dayton was inside of a bar. Um, he had body armor and was carrying ammunition magazines. Killed his sister and eight other people. Mm-hmm. And and he was the one in turn. I think he was he was killed by the police, the authorities. Okay. Um. There there was another article I read where he had a hit list actually. So I don't know if he was the one that was labeled mentally ill or mentally unstable, but um, what? That's that's deliberate. That's terrorist. That's not someone who's sick. That's a terrorist, in my mind. That's very fair. Very fair. You know, um, and then the the one in El Paso, Texas, it was like twenty two mm-hmm. lives taken. Um, I don't know about the. So, so let me give you this. The one in El Paso, where 22 people were killed, police said they found an anti-immigrant document espousing white nationalist and racist views. They believe was written by the suspect. He may face hate crime charges in addition two capital murder charges. As he should. Texas carried a death penalty. Now, I'm not, I tell you no lie, I'm not one that's ever been pro-death penalty. Um, You know, that's another topic for another day. However, you know, for something of this magnitude, when you when and when you are bold enough to commit a crime such as this and take twenty two lives spewed from hate because all because people don't look like you, don't walk like you, don't talk like you. I, I think that you deserve whatever punishment that state 
give the maximum period. If if it if it's death, then you know what, that will be it. You know? Um, I just we if for no other reason we have to come together and be able to agree when it comes to people committing crimes of this magnitude. Take color, take, you know, sex, take all of that out. Right is right, wrong is wrong. What he did is straight up wrong. What he did is murder. There's no other way around it. You know, you can, they can, you know, white supremacy, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter. What he may claim to be has nothing to do with the fact that he murdered, deliberately murdered 22 people. But for our president, this country's president, to, you know, before the motives were even spoken upon, to come out and say they were, they had mental health issues. I don't know if it's saying, is this more about them or more about him? Because now all of a sudden they've labeled him, them the shooters to have mental health issues. Come on now. I think the problem with the world today is that, one, we take terms and we use them as we see fit. We use them very mm-hmm. loosely and very mm-hmm. casually. Um, and when they're, when the words and terms are used and you start to label people and you're using them in a casual sense, it you you take away from the people who actually have the sickness. And... You penalize them by putting them in the same category as hateful white supremacists or hateful whatever you want to call it or, you know, whether they hate a specific color or hate a specific type of of group or whatever. I think, you, you know, we... We've gotten very casual, and um, we create scapegoats for mm-hmm. people to be free and not getting the help that they need. So they want to say, oh, well, he was mentally ill. Well, you want to put him in a hospital and pump him up full of medication. Well, guess what? That's why they committed the crime. Because they knew that's what was going to happen anyway. There's nothing wrong with them. Mentally, they're not, they don't have schizophrenia or dementia or bipolar or multiple personality disorder or anything like that. They deliberately went out here and committed a crime just so they could have whatever, you know, benefit you're going to give them, whether it's three square meals a day and pump them full of some type of drug to keep them zombied out, okay. You know, maybe that's what they were looking for. But we 
we've taken away the real people, the real mentally ill, we've taken away their ability to get the assistance that they need to get better. And we begin to look at them all the same. Not all schizophrenics. Go ahead. Go ahead. I have a question. So, when we trying to work this right, it fair to better yet, no. Let's do this. Everybody knows that we are supposed to have a freedom of speech. We're supposed to have a freedom of this and a freedom of that. When does it become criminal? When you are, for lack of a better word, brainwashing someone else and they want to commit a crime like this based off your doctrine. Shouldn't you be accountable? What was that question again? When? When you when you have been told that you have a freedom of speech and you write all this nonsense on your website or what have you and someone go out and commit a crime of these magnitudes, shouldn't they be held liable? Absolutely they can. I mean, I'm sorry, absolutely they should. Uh, But here again, we're under the illusion that we have freedom of speech. We really don't have freedom of speech. Yes, your mouth, yes, you can say what you want to say, but please know that there will be a penalty for what you said if it offends anyone in the political realm, okay, such as the president or anyone with any kind of power that has the ability to make your life a living hell based off what you said. So, yeah, you have freedom of speech until you piss somebody off. Let's just go ahead and be real because that's what this call is supposed to be about, right? So, Yes, you should be held liable for things you post on your website, things you post in social media, and things you've said. You know, you have to think about it like this. When when you threaten somebody, be like, man, I, you know, uh, you know, break so-and-so's leg, and somebody hears you say that, well, when so-and-so's leg gets broken, if someone who heard you say that actually reports you to the authorities, guess what? You will be investigated for what you said. You may have been joking. You know, y'all may be homeboys. Y'all may be brothers and sisters or what have you, but you will be investigated if someone reports you to the authorities in the normal world. But now, again, we get to pick and choose which freedoms of speech we penalize and which ones we let roll. There's no level playing field. I agree. So now, there's um, a 
movement called um, Black Identity Extremists. Excuse me, extremism, where essentially because you're so pro-black that it's, um, I guess, becoming against the law, um, and it's considered terrorist. But when you have these other groups and individuals that go anti-everyone else, isn't that also considered a terrorist group? That America refused to label white Americans who do mass shootings, who do Terroristic acts here in our country. Why don't we label them as domestic terrorists, i.e., your KKKs and all these other groups? I think it's because when we talked about it before on the call, but I think it's it's primarily because of the divide and conquer tactic. Um, this country was built by black hands. So, of course, we are a threat. Um, you know, they they're stealing our history. They're trying to erase our history and take credit for what we've done and who we are. And in order to do that, the best way is to create laws and create um, illusions and either one, turn us against each other, or two, when we try to rally together, they find a way to make us criminals. You see, so it's intentional to be specifically for us as black people. Um, that's what I think. So it's the key, essentially black Americans from banding together. Advancing. It's to keep black Americans advancing. from coming together and advancing and and taking advancing our together. rightful place. Yeah, and taking our rightful place for who we are. They want they want to keep us oppressed. They want to keep us divided, keep us separated, keep keep us cracked out, coked out, locked up. You know, I mean, yes, that is the goal. And so, you know, as soon as they see something like the the movement that you're talking about, um, they find ways to manipulate what we do and make us into terrorists. 
when the fact of the matter is we're exactly the opposite. We're exactly the opposite. Yeah. We're not we're not terrorists. We're not you know we're not everything they're making us to be. We're not that, that portrait that they're painting in everybody's mind um, being terroristic and and murderers and we're we're not that. You know, we talk about you know, like the how do you just just think about it. I mean what other reason would they be? They allow the Ku Klux Klan to freely march whenever the fuck they want to. And excuse my French, but I'm just saying. You could put on a sheet right now and walk down the middle of the street. You think somebody coming to their door? Ain't nobody mm. going to come to the door. Ain't nobody. There's not a single family in here, in, in our subdivision, or probably any other, would take cover and run if they see Ku Klux Klan. And no, would they call the police? No. But as soon as a brother put on black pants, a black shirt, black shoes, and walked down the street with his fist up, you better believe doors locked, guns being pulled out, and the cops will be called. Wow. I agree with that. You know, there have been 115 U.S. mass shootings from 1982 to 2019 that were committed by white Americans. That's, that's crazy to me. 1677, your mic is live. Good evening again. Uh, it is, I'm fortunate that uh, this tragedy had to be brought to life, and it's quite heart-wrenching. Um, it's and it's just hard to feel okay in your, you know, in this so-called land of freedom. Um, because with these things going on, you don't, I don't necessarily, I don't even know what freedom is like takes a step back because what happened to safety? You know, and it is, it is just... Mm-hmm. It is it's so sad um, that instead of, because I believe some of this is going on is a cry for help, but they're just using the wrong method. You know, step forward and say, hey, I need help. Um, and and um, it, it's just everywhere, you know, uh, that the gospel is being shared, you know, uh, we all know that there's a higher power, there's a source, you know, um, but you didn't give life. 
Uh, so you don't have the right to take a life. Um, and as you were saying earlier, go off into the mountain. I, I, I personally think Jesus going off into the mountain for the days and for the nights was an example in itself. Don't all get off to yourself. We got plenty of places that you could get off to yourself and probably won't even be bothered until you can get some things worked out. So it is it is unfortunate, but uh, part of me says these mass killings are the ones that were put in the media. It leads me to think about how many other killings, mass killings that are going on that just don't get caught by the media. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. So how do you point. think, like, how do you think, who puts them on the media? Who chooses? Like, what, what parameters or what um, benchmarks do, do you have to meet or does a mass shooting have to meet in order to go on the, on the media, to be televised, to be talked about? You know, like, what, what criteria? Like, who's selecting that? Do they go by a checklist? No. Do they, you know what I'm saying? So they, the the people who are in control, and I leave that up open for interpretation, but the people who are in control decide what we see. They decide what we what's broadcasted. And it is strategically placed on TV and media outlets, on news outlets. It's, um, what do you call it, monitored. Um, and, and then, you know, the, the things get re- redacted and, and, you know, um, so that we can't see the full truth of what it is that's happening in the world. Um, they do that so it, it keeps us thinking that, we are free people, or it keeps us thinking that um, we can't advance. It's strategic. You know, um, I believe that. I believe that nothing is done with the media with true good intentions. I believe that it's all again propagated. It's all driven or privilege driven, if not both at the same time. But we have to be smarter. We have to be smarter. In, in lieu of all that just said took taking place, you know, with the matches where you know uh, two white guys killed a bunch of people. There was looked to be a black kid who was trying to do the same thing. And his grandmother called uh, uh he told the grandmother I got an A K forty seven and I'm gonna do damage. Grandma then called the law and the law went to the hotel where he where he had a room found a AK forty seven, seventeen magazines, knives, trench coat, 
uh, shooter gloves, all that good stuff. No one hear about that. They don't hear how that plan was disrupted. Now, I say that to say, we see who actually got away with, well, not necessarily got away, but who executed their plan. I walk into the store today, and everybody is looking at me like I'm a mass shooter. And I'm thinking, y'all do realize that I'm black, right? That's not what we do. What we do. I just thought that was funny. Oh, okay. Although the media, I want to go back. Although the media is showing and telling, you still have your eyes on me. Like I'm the wrong. In actuality, shit, I need to be watching each and every one of you. Because of quote unquote mental issues. She's about this big bookworm. I apologize. Let me ask you to reiterate the story. Did you say there was a young black man that was thinking about uh-huh. doing something very heinous, but he called his grandmother? Okay. Is he that correct? He told his grandmother. He didn't call his grandmother. He told his grandmother what his plans were, and she called the law. But in essence, when he told his grandmother, he was reaching out for a lifeline. He really didn't want to go do what he was thinking of doing, because if he really wanted to do it, he would not have told anyone. And in, in I guess I would say in the recesses, or the subconsciousness of his mind, he knew that his grandmother loved him and that he was going to bring great shame and dishonor uh, uh, on her, and he really didn't want to do that. That is why he told her. And instead of saying directly, Grandma, I need help, I guess I would say he inadvertently or, or subconsciously said, Grandma, I need help. That is why he told her what he was going to do. He really didn't want to do it. That is my belief. Well, the fact that he had 17 loaded magazines, he had weapons, he had everything else, tells me otherwise. It, it, it You say that tells you otherwise. It would... Yeah. Blow your mind if you knew how many people actually climbed up to a tall building and went to the ledge that didn't jump. They climbed onto uh, a bridge to jump that didn't jump. Um, we we get motivated or 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 uh, get in, inspiration to do a whole lot of things, destructive and positive, but we don't always follow through. And and it wasn't his true uh, heartfelt desire to hurt anyone. I firmly believe because he told his grandmother that that was the lifeline. And this is why we need to listen, really listen to one another when we're giving signals. Sometimes we can see that the person is physically wrapped up in something and going through something. Well, that's a sign. But when they talk to you, that that, that was like, okay, that was, uh, I don't know, like a bullhorn 
when he the, or the loudest whistle you could think of, like a ship uh, horn, when he told his grandma he really didn't want to do it, but something was compelling him. And let let me ask this question: We're always wondering how is the Most High going to come back? Okay, first he cleansed the earth through water. We don't know how he's coming back again. What if it's all of these weapons that we have created that is in actuality going to be our own destruction? What if man is just going to destroy himself? I don't think that's a what if. I think that's definitely a possibility. He was asking a question. His his grandmother persuaded him to visit a hospital after learning his plan. She then called the police. Uh, He was planning to shoot up a hotel, then commit suicide by cop. The grandmother was able to get him into treatment prior to his arrest. Thank God for that. As best as he could, he reached out to say, hey, I'm sick. Something is wrong with me, and I can't fix it. But the difference is he have had issues. He didn't have a manifest to say that he was targeting a specific group or a particular person. I think that's the difference. Now, don't get it me wrong. Wrong is wrong. But all I'm saying is there's a great difference in someone who is truly sick and someone who is just labeled sick so that they can, you know, keep their image intact, if you will. Oh no, he's not. He's not a, a white mass murderer. He's a mentally ill guy. But this mentally ill guy, who just so happened to be black, by the way, no one says that. Nor are they saying he's mentally ill. Grandmother interrupts plot of mass shooting or something like that. You see that? Not grandmother of someone who's mentally ill. And now this guy is on there saying we got to crack down on domestic terrorism. So when this guy was about to, who obviously had problems, now it's domestic terrorism. When someone else do it, or they're mentally ill. Let me introduce another caller. Four six four four. The mic is live. Well, you know, if a person. The, the, you know, uh, well, it's a couple of things. One, you, you're taking the, the people have taken the light. The news have taken the light off of uh, shootings elsewhere, like 
in your city, Chicago and St. Louis, so on and so on and so on. But are those people mentally ill too? And, you know, uh, the person in Texas, El Paso, he was legally in possession of guns. And in doing background checks, you can't receive information on whether a person has ever been treated for mental conditions. It's a it's a statute against that. And another thing, if you got citizens throwing up red flags, well, you got citizens throwing up red flags now, you know, toward blacks, there's barbecuing in the park. Right? A uh, kid playing on the playground. A kid playing on a playground with a play gun like Trayvon, I mean, uh, Tamir Rice. Mm -hmm. Another thing. Mentally ill. At one point, the American Psychiatric Society, about 30 years ago, classified same-sex attractions as being mentally ill. Another thing, if you've ever been on Ritalin to treat ADD, the United States military won't take you. They say something's wrong with your mind. If you played football coming up and had concussions, something wrong with your mind. So, one can take these things in a, in a lot of different ways. If Congress, the way they want to, is to have restrictions on guns ownership based on your mental stability, a whole lot of blacks ain't going to be to have guns. Why see them? Let's point that out too. Pardon me? You broke up. Can we agree that can we agree that white someone would not be on guns as well? I can't hardly hear what you need. Blog talk is acting crazy. Yeah, I thought it was just me. But a whole lot of nationalities would not qualify to have a gun permit. Probably every nationality there is. Well, but you don't. But you don't. Why? I'm not worrying about other nationalities. I'm worrying about myself and mine, <clears throat> right? Okay. I mean, because they're not worrying about yours. I mean, look at the news reporting. They're not even talking about the, the that the shootings were so bad in Chicago that the hospital had to close its emergency room door. So you walk up to the hospital having heart problems, you got a sign on the door saying, we're closed. I ain't never heard of that, really. Mm. In my life. So they control what they want us to know about or what they want to share in the media. 
or they mm-hmm. have an agenda. You're absolutely right. You know, and really, the news media is attacking Donald Trump. In that man's Good. manifesto, he said this wasn't nothing about Donald. He had these uh, feelings before he even knew uh, of Donald Trump. The man in uh, Ohio, his fondness is toward Elizabeth Warren. Dayton. I guess that was Dayton, Ohio. I'm not sure. I guess it is. Mm-hmm. So people need to think about what the heck's going on from a wide perspective and not just pay attention to what you hear in these news or you know they slanted. Heck, haven't they always been? How about during the times when, when they would have OJ's picture in the in the paper? His picture was always real, 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 real dark. Because they're trying to bring about an emotional response. Mm-hmm. And you um, know another thing, you're talking about hate. And I'm gonna say this. What do you think people feel when you go taking down their statues? I mean, at what point in time did you live and let live? Respect. It's not my statue. It's not my well, statue. Well, I'm not saying so. yours. I didn't say yours. I said when you take down other people's stuff. The people who take it down whose statues they're taking down is dead, so I don't think they feel anything. Well, they got a, they got a crucifix with with Jesus on it. He's dead. They got statues with Martin Luther King, and he's dead. And when blacks move out of these areas where you have statues of Martin Luther King and other ethnic groups come in, guess what they gonna want to do and are doing? Well, that's history, and and, and, and I can understand their point. Because uh, those were historical people that fought in American wars. Well, <laughs> although I, I I hear what you're saying, what would I, Texas, I disagree. But what would Texas I, look like today if it wasn't for the Texas? Texas, I'm sorry, American-Mexican War. And look who fought in that war. What so? Do you know Texas? Texas is not technically a part of the U.S. Texas is a part of the U.S. They bought it from Mexico after they fought wars. Paid them fifteen. They offered them twenty-five. They didn't want to sell. They had some more battles. And, and, and succumbed them And they paid them 15 million dollars Plus for guild About another 3 million dollar debt Actually Mexico got it from Spain They inherited it from Spain So you know It's, it's a lot of things that See what I call the cause and effect uh, It's just like to, Uh Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris done the same thing in California that the prosecutor done with the Central Park Five. 
and people wanted her to give up her books and stop working here. Well, you ain't asking Kamala Harris to do the same thing. She withheld evidence that would have freed some some people that was in jail. So we got to think about those things. Hmm. Okay. So, Texas is a republic, not a state. It was the Republic of Texas. What happened is that Mexico owned the territory. Mexico did not have the people, Mexicans, to occupy the territory. The most that they could ever get was 3,000. Well, what Mexico started doing was opening up Texas to immigrants, Americans from the rest of the country. They immigrated in under the promise of free land and reduced taxes. They came in legally, and they came in illegally. And it got to the point where they outnumbered the Mexicans 10 to 1. Then they voted to secede. And they joined on to the other, I think it was 28 states. I'm not sure. So a war was fought over that territory. It was Texas, Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona, and Oregon. Matter of fact, Britain owned Oregon. I claim it. Well, but we're going to move away from that. We're going to get back to the topic at hand. We're going to talk about how... We're going to take the hate. We're going to talk about the terroristic acts that our head of state wants to call it, call these people, these individuals with, with, with mental health issues versus calling them domestic terrorists. Now, when the black guy was, was, was plotting to shoot, now you want to talk about domestic terrorists. How is that fair? How is that right? Well, if you accuse of being a, a domestic terrorist and you kill somebody, does that increase your crime? I mean, your punishment? You let's, don't. Let's not answer. Let's not answer a question with a question. Let's talk about this. Right yeah. Here. Right. So, the, the what they are is criminals. They're not. The, I don't know this, I, this word terrorist. I agree with that. You agree with that? Right, they're criminals. they're criminals. And really, the word terrorist is just thrown in there for an emotional effect. Because on the up and up, the only agency that can label an entity a terrorist is the U.S. State Department. And they usually do it with foreign bodies. So a, a city, a state, local government can't classify somebody as a terrorist and apply more crime to them, I mean more punishment to them, because, uh, you know, that's limited by ultimately the federal government on something. But they can do whatever they want. You can call a person whatever the heck you want to, but ultimately they're a criminal. No, you can't. And, no, you can't. That's, that's, that's against the law. They remember, you can't, 
you you can't call someone gay anything other than gay, or maybe that's illegal nowadays. You can't call somebody, you know, who's short a midget. You can't, you know, it's, you can't do these things that you're supposed to be able to do because this is, you know, we have freedom of speech. So I say I'll let to say no. You just can't go around and and call or label someone what what you want. Well, as long as you don't violate their civil rights, you you can you can say what you want to say, as long as no action taken out of that, where it becomes aggregated assault, or should I should say aggravated, aggravated battery. The committing of a terrorist act in the perpetrator's own country against their fellow citizens. So, the shooters of these, in fact. All these shooters. Can we not say that that qualifies them as domestic terrorists? Yeah, but Based that, on that act. Yeah, but what is the act? The act is a crime. They are criminals. I, I get that. I, I get that. I get that. The KKK. Can we deem them as a domestic terrorism group? Well, the KKK is an organization nowadays. Okay, that's fine. But still, but still, can we deem them as a domestic terrorist organization? Does that help you out? Does well, they not. Com- but are they committing any terrorist acts today? I, I don't know. I, I'm not invited to any of their meetings. But based on the committing of a terrorist act in the perpetrator's own country against their fellow citizens, can you or will you deem them as a Domestic terrorist organization. Well, let me ask you, where are you getting that definition from? <laughs> no, no. Oh, man. See it's where all, I'm going. No, listen, really, see all, where I'm going. Are you getting that from Webster or are you getting it from a Black's Law Dictionary? Because the words that you use in everyday society is not this, does not have the same meaning as it does from legalese. Okay. Hold your thought. We're going to introduce another caller. Seven four eight seven. Welcome. Your mic is live. Okay. Well, seven four eight seven. When you're ready to speak, your mic is live. We're going to continue our conversation. So I just googled the word domestic terrorism definition. That's where I got it from. All right. Now, here's the thing. Let me give you a little hint. I've written some laws before. When you have Uh a law against an act, the words peculiar with that law, you have to label, you have to tell what they mean within the context of that law. Whether it's a person, whether it's somebody that's illegal, or you say it's a criminal alien, well, within... The definition of that law, you have to explain what a criminal alien is in the context of the law. You can't go to Webster's Dictionary because Webster's okay. Dictionary is not legalese. Okay, you, maybe not. You follow me? I'm, but I'm a, we're going to go with what's common, what everybody has access to, and that's a dictionary. A terrorist is a person who uses unlawful violence and intimidation especially against civilians in the pursuit of political aims. 
unlawfully using violence and intimidation, especially against civilians, in the pursuit of political aims. Okay, that's, that's a good definition. It's a yeah, it's a terrorist. Now, you okay. just described what a person that's doing these things are. Now, when they commit a criminal violation of somebody's civil rights, that's when they are punished for their crime. But you can't punish them just because unless they do something. You know, you can label something. Like you said, you don't want to call the, the Klan terrorists. Well, they're just sitting there. They ain't doing nothing. But if, if you want to use that word to them, I mean, yourself or your group, you're perfectly fine to do it. You follow me? I follow you. I don't, I don't, you I don't wish to. I hear you now. 747, welcome. So to answer your question, I do follow you. Okay. Now, 747, you are live. Okay. I've been listening in for a minute. I guess there was just a little bit of an error. I apologize if there's some background noise. But I got to ask you, brother. The brother other than Quick that was making this comment, are you serious? Like, these people committed an act. He, as he just described, a terrorist is anyone who commits an unlawful act of violence. And intimidation for political aims, and obviously the KKK is a domestic terrorist organization. Okay, and the KKK is no longer even seen as the KKK anymore. It's what my generation now knows as the alt right, and this was like plain as day an alt right shooting. This, this, this is a political. Terrorist. Which one? Which one are you talking about? This the most recent shooting, and and most, most not all the shootings are always connected to alt right uh, alt right hate groups. But in the last two years, the rise all right. of alt right. Can I ask you a question, real quick, real quick? The KKK was started by the Democrats. They left us. Okay. Oh yeah. But but, dem- but Democrats remember Democrats was not originally a, a black party. It, it, well, it doesn't have to, well. But, well, wait a minute. Hang on. You can't, okay, you, you can't say that because blacks don't have no particular uh, party. Okay, oh, excuse me. The Democratic wasn't for the blacks. Let's put it that way. Now, let's not bitch off because I see what, you, what you're trying to do. Go ahead. Well, I'm and, talking and, about and history. history. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about history, so let me give you some history, all right? You're right. The Democratic Party originally wasn't you know, for blacks. So here's the thing. The Democrat Party was originally known as the Democratic Republican Party, which was basically back in the day the right wing party. Back in the day, the Republicans were the more progressive party, and sometime around like the early the early to the 1900s, the party switched around. The Democrats became more liberal and more left leaning because they became more representative for the people. They found more support for the people after World War II. Okay, they started implementing all these policies. And after the New Deal, and that's when they became more known as the more liberal party. Before then, they were mainly known for being the more conservative party. In actuality, most Democrats back in the day were actually referred to as conservatrats. Okay? They were conservative, but left-leaning, which, frankly, at this point, I've gotten to the point where I don't even care, like, regard politics, because the entire logic behind it is, 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 is nothing more than manipulation of people. Okay? But when it comes down to it, when it comes down to actual acts of violence committed by groups, the KKK has actually committed violence against minority groups, okay? Regardless of what political party they affiliate. They affiliate 
with whatever political party panders to their aims and goals. Just like the Republicans do now, the Democratic Party did that. Well, you know, the 19, you're talking about after the New Deal. The 1957, the 1958, 1964, 1967, Civil Rights Acts was all overwhelmingly passed by Republicans, which I'm not. I'm conservative. I mean, nowadays, being a Republican is going to be a conservative. But see, when those acts were passed by the Republicans, they were pushed out there by Democrats, and the Democrats had pretty much the right ideas, and the Republicans were like, okay, we need to call the populace because we're really, really on a much larger scene. America was really making this imperial, making a big step in it, you know, towards its imperialism policies, and they needed the full support of the people behind it. So if that meant you were calling that uh, their own civil issue, well, you know, blacks have always so. blacks have been conservative, even up until to now. If you go into North Carolina with subjects like same-sex marriage and so on and so on, that don't go over well with that particular group. Of course, and why does that not go over well with them? Because, because of their conservative. Like yeah, because they're conservative. What are most conservative values based on? Most of, a lot of conservative values are based on heavily Christian values, heavily religious, and strict doctrines, okay? Doctrines are how to live a proper life the way they saw fit. Now, mind you, yeah, back then, even now, a lot of those things still don't go over, but that's the reality of there has to be a change in the mindset of the people. Of course, blacks were going to accept things like that because we were already dealing with being outliers. Imagine how much, how much less acceptable homophobia was back then than it is now. But you hear the word you said, you hear the word that you said, you're talking about there needs to be a change in the mind of the people. No, there should not. If these people have been practicing a tradition that has been tried, proved, and tested for millennia as far as how to live, how to raise their kids, how that they, their family is structured, why do someone come along and say you need to change your mindset? Because that mindset of what they have been raised in has obviously given rise to hate and violence against people who have done no wrong against them. Simply because they live their lives in a manner that they disagree with in a country where we are free to live as we please. So long as we are held by some of the more necessary types of law. So in other well, words, to... because you don't like homophobia in your community, you cannot yeah. have it in your community. But that doesn't give you the right just because you are against homophobia to actually go and outwardly do that towards the homosexual people in their communities is because they want to live peacefully and live their lives the way they want to. What gives you the right to say they can't? Well, nobody is saying, see, if the law said that they should exist, you have to respect the law, but you don't have to accept the practice. If I don't want my child... Hang on for a second. If I don't want my child to be taught... If I don't want my child to be taught... By someone of their persuasion That's my child And I know better for my child Than anyone else So I should not okay. be able, I should not be forced To put them in that environment That's not saying that their person Can't do what they're going to do Well you know Nobody sir you got to let me talk You have to let a person Give their opinion 
because that's because you talk over somebody don't make what you're saying is right. I'm sorry, brother. Give me a brief moment. Go ahead. I'm I'm right here with you. I'm gonna let you talk. Go ahead and get your point across, please. All right, so look. The idea is you know better for your child, and you say you don't want your child in that environment. You have the right to not let you allow your child to be in that environment. But you know, just because you don't want your child in that environment doesn't mean you need to raise your child to have hate towards those people. It's one thing to say you disagree with it, but the manner in which we express our disagreement with that entire lifestyle gives right rise to the hate and violence. When we sit up there and actively negatively, you know, refer to these people as all kinds of slurs, when we actually create the ideas of, 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 of hating these people, when you have to say negative things about these people constantly as a way of reinforcing to your child, oh, I don't want you to be like this, they're going to do one of two things, okay? They're going to sit up there, they're going to accept that, and they're going to say, oh, this is the way it should be, and they're going to actually start inflicting that same violence and negativity possibly upon those people, especially if there are those like them, those, those that persuasion within their community, and it's going to create an unnecessary system of, of, of ostracism in the community, and then when people start saying, you know what, we're not going to take this, we're going to live as we please because it ain't hurting you, and y'all start getting angry about it because you have to see it, then y'all start getting violent about it because you don't want to see it. You have no right to do that. If you don't want to well, see it, you're you speculating. Most of those people stand it themselves. But and the thing is, when we all have to live in these large urban communities amongst one another, these people now have to run around in fear because this shit is so unacceptable that we are willing to enact violence against them. We are willing to enact hate against them. This is the same principle behind how the KKK acted towards blacks. They didn't want blacks in the community. They didn't want blacks in their areas. So when blacks ended up, any, when they found out there were blacks in their areas, they ended up holding these big-ass rallies, running across in people's yards, and in some cases actually dragging these people out, hanging them and killing them. That's a hate well, the, 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 the thing is, at a key point, what needs to be taught is probably what needs to be taught to your children is we don't accept that, but, you know, don't go out just because we don't accept that. You don't necessarily have to be Somebody ideas is what we're supposed to do. Now you're not supposed to go out and commit a criminal act against them. All right. But here's the thing: if a person say that they don't want to associate with a, see, the Constitution gives you the right to associate and disassociate with whomever you want to. I mean, there's government okay. imposed. There, there's government. Well, you know, you got a you got a terrible habit of trying to talk over people. <laughs> it's really bad. I don't know if this is picking a bone with you or what, but as I was getting yeah, ready to say, if a person don't want to associate with somebody, that then that's their right to not associate with somebody. 
If I prefer to send my child to an all-black school, that's my preference to send my child to an all-black school. If we have, if I prefer to have a prom in a private location and we don't invite nobody else, whites and nobody else but blacks, that's our right to do that and vice versa for somebody else. Okay, it's your right to do that. But the question is, what is what, what's the difference between just having that rally and what that rally, that, the whole purpose of that gathering is specifically set up there and, and, and talk about your hatred and discrimination towards others? You know, people can talk about, you know, hate is not against the law. Did you know that? It's not against the law for you to hate somebody. What becomes against the law is when you go out and violate somebody's civil rights and it's showing that you hate them. I I think you're missing the point of civil rights, man. Seriously. No, it's not. I I can tell you that I don't want my daughter to date you, okay, and I can tell her to stay away from you because if you were contemplating on dating her, I'm going to do background checks on you. And if they come back, not to my approval of my child, I'm going to tell you, hell, stay away from you. Now, that's not illegal for me to do. I'm not harming you or assaulting you personally. I have a question. So you keep throwing legal, but just because something is legal, does that make it right? But what are you going to punish somebody when you don't think it's right? Let's start with yes or no with that one first. Does it Just make it right? Something is legal. Does it make it right? No, it, but right, right is subjective. Yes or no? All right. So let's, let's make it subjective to this question. Does that make it right? Well, if it's something, if it's legal, yes, it's. If it's legal, let me let me answer your question. If it's legal, yes, it is right in the context of the word of the law. I got a better point to put out here. Okay. <laughs> If it's right because it's legal, the question of the matter is, what if your child disagrees with you and still decides to date me anyway? Well, as long as the child is a child, but when the child becomes grown and adult and have their own children, then uh, see here's the so thing: I, as a parent, has done what, what I, I, as a parent, has done, and I'm gonna tell you something. I'm basing this on what I have actually done, experience. It's not no assumptions, buts, or what else. Can I interject for a second here? Please, go right ahead. I think that both of you all have some some very great and valid points. However, I would like to say that when you have children, it is up to you to determine how you want to parent them. You can parent a child in any way you see fit that works for your household. Whether it's legal or right can be argued. The point is... If it's your child, you can deem what he or she does and dictate what he or she learns while they're in your household. So, yes, that, that I think that we do that here. Husband, do we not? We parent our children the best way we see fit. And we can teach our children not to deal with certain groups if we feel like or if they go against what we believe in. That doesn't mean we're teaching hate. That Absolutely. doesn't mean we're teaching hate, and that doesn't mean we are condoning violence against anyone. That doesn't mean that our child won't grow up and, and you know, come to like or love certain big groups. 
That just means that we are parenting our child in the way we see fit. And I don't oh, think there's anything wrong with that. When, when, when we parent, it's more about you. It's not about anybody else or the dislike of anybody else. It's about our child. So I'm not going to go out and say, hey, son, I want you to hate whites. I want you to hate gays. I want you to hate, right. you know, right. immigrants. No, 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 no. It's about knowing who you are. Who you are, exactly. And if you're dealing with a group. And that's before you date anybody. Or it, right, dating or just befriending. If you're dealing with a group or dealing with friends who make you step out of character and do something you normally wouldn't do or mm. would break the law in certain cases, then we as parents have the right and the obligation to our child to steer them away from us. Absolutely. As best we can. Okay, so I just want to say one thing. Parenting in that matter is absolutely right. You got to understand that it's one thing to deliberately tell your child that it's another thing when they may be different in behavior and actions towards certain groups. Now, if you're, you're, you're acting towards them with simply disinterest because you're not about it and you don't care about it, then yeah, a child would actually realize, you know what, that's not something to be worried about. When a child sees you in the moments when you're not, you know, paying attention to your, your actions, what you're doing, expressing sort of let something slip, that sounds discriminatory against another group, depending on the circumstances, they may take that and see that as appropriate and then be like, okay, they create the snowball effect. There was already a disdain towards a certain people. You already thought, hey, don't deal with that. We don't do things this way. And then before it all, what gives rise to that child is, well, that says, okay, we're, I'm against this, that, and this, and this is what my parents talk. So that's how I'm going to, you know, treat these situations. Eventually, hostility can form from that. Hostility can form subtly. It can form in what they, even what really is just basically passive aggressiveness towards people of what you identify as that distinction upon, you know, meeting them. So, you know, full-blown actual, you know, act of, you know, injustice against them. And that injustice may not always be violent. It can just be discriminatory. So at the end of the day, you can still end up teaching your child discrimination through that manner. Give me an example of your discrimination because discrimination is not illegal either unless you violate somebody's civil rights. So give me an example. And that's exactly discrimination is practiced every day. Yes, it is. Let's, let him give us give me an example, please. Give me an example. Hold on, hold on. When you discriminate against somebody, period, for any reason other than, you know, possibly something of actual serious character fault, you're automatically discriminated against them. Now, yes, we can't be discriminatory in many ways, but when you discriminate against things that, you know, people have the right to discriminate against you for, you know, you would feel like it, it, it would be wrong to be discriminated against you for, you know, you create a situation where it's like you're literally saying, oh, it's, it's, totally, it's totally okay. It's not. If you want to pay perfect examples, I grew up in, oh, as we were just talking about, especially with the whole idea of gays in the LGBT community and homosexuality, you know, I grew up in a household that was very anti that in many ways. Not necessarily from my mother's perspective, from the other households I was raised in, from the things I heard them say, from the way I which I heard them react to those same people. And yet I have friends of that exact same distinction. I've had friends who weren't even of that distinction, but because of the characteristics of their personality or already labeled as such by my family until I said, yo, you literally just passing judgment on people just because of the way they act. And you don't even know if that's true or not. Somebody can act flamboyant and you swear they were gay. They can be straighter than you. They can 
they could they could be damn me to do who acts flamboyantly like metrosexual like so if they flamboyant what are they doing when they flamboyant? Huh? It's just a matter of their personality characteristics. Yeah, well, give give us what, young man. Give us give us an example. Give us an example. I'm trying to give you more right now. In some cases, that flamboyance can come off as excessive sexual, per, you know, uh, 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 it can come off as, 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 as being too sexually flamboyant, being too open, too free. In some cases, a man who acts too effeminate, who acts too much like what we would consider to be traits of a female, could be said, oh, it's probably. Oh, yes, but gay. in, in I, doing so, what are they, here, what are, what, exactly what are they doing? Are they coming okay, up, wrapping me, their arms around like the gentleman who's hosting yeah, the show? Are they running up to him and wrapping their arms around him and and hugging him? Yeah, and, the, the examples of what you're specifically given are, are violations of which a person deliberately comes in and violates your personal space. I'm not just talking, Well, that's why come I asked you to give me an example. So, and I'm first, to give wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 hold on a minute. Let's first, let's describe, let's, let's define flamboyant. Is a, of a person or their behavior tending to attract attention because of their exuberance, confidence, and stylishness. Being flamboyant doesn't mean someone is, is, is gay or homo. No. It okay, well. However, flamboyant and somewhat effeminate behavior in a man is usually what market people consider to be, you know, possible signs of homosexuality. And then when somebody expresses those, yet they're completely straight, they're comfortable in who they are and choose to how they want to, they can be unintentionally discriminated against because you look at them and think, oh, just the fact that you sit up there and think, yeah, he looks like he's gay. It's like, what the hell does it matter to you well, whether or not he is? Well, going by the, the definition that the gentleman just read, if somebody is in a, in a social setting where they're constantly uh, telling jokes, you know, they're constantly... Uh, talking about uh, what they've done and, and, and what they had for lunch and so on, well, some people may not want to hear that. And they got a right to walk away from it. However, when we first got, when we first got on this, that, that specific conversation, we were talking about discrimination. So the, the discrimination is the unjust or presidential treatment of different categories of people, or things, especially on the grounds of race, age, or sex. All right, and, and if if you are having a social setting and you're inviting people and you exclude that person because of his flamboyant action, you discriminate it. But it's perfect. It's, it's not illegal to do that. You say, well, we don't want him to be amongst our mix. But I'm right. sure that it wouldn't be because of his, of his, of his flamboyance. No, it's, it's more so because he just don't vibe well with this particular group. Well, yeah, they, the, the particular group don't want to hear what the heck he's got to say and the way he's delivering. So they don't invite him around because they figure that whatever, he's not a good uh, vibe amongst us. But that's not discriminating. It is discriminating. You go, you invite everybody no, else no, but him. No, no, I, I, I have a right to invite into my party who I want to. Just and not, and, 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 you, and this invite whoever you want to, right? Absolutely. Now, just because I don't invite him doesn't mean that's because 
of, of, of his flamboyance. Remember, initially when you when we were talking about flamboyance, y'all was kind of connecting it with with, with 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 the gays, with the homosexuals. And that's not he did that. I did. Well, yeah, that's regardless, not the case. regardless, that's that not a, the case. Yeah, but here's the right, thing. You don't think it's what you're doing and how he think the reason you are doing is two two separate things. So he called you up and said, hey, man, can I come to the party? And you say, no, I don't think so this time, maybe next time. Well, he's saying, well, you're discriminating against me. You're inviting uh, such and such, and so I know well, you're not inviting me. Well, you know, maybe next time. Yeah, that's, see, that's where that's where ordinary discrimination. Let's, let's have semantics. before we even oh. do that. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a man and man conversation and say, look, this is why I don't. It may hurt the feelings, but it may say, well, you, know you don't what, have to do time, that. Wait, no, 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 no. I know you don't have to. However, the man in me, I'm man enough to tell you why you're not invited to this particular soiree. I'm man enough All to right. tell and, you. And some people, some people may not want to do that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hit me out. Let me finish because you just yes, sir. called a gentleman out because he, so let me finish. So because I tell you why you're not invited to a particular story, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm doing some type of discrimination. All, all I'm simply doing is telling you why you're not invited. Now, last time we got together, you got drunk, you got belligerent, and you did some things or said some things that I didn't like. So being that I'm the host, I'm not going to invite you to this one. You see what I mean? Now he have an understanding of why he's not not invited, and it's not because he's flamboyant or he have this or that going on. So now they may be the call to say, you know, I'm going to go get some help. You know, I'm, I'm going to get that under control. So next time we have these soirees, there won't be any situations or issues. You know, remember, I heard today. The, the, issue, the issue come in our society, in our community, well, we don't want to have conversation. We avoid conversation to keep people from feeling bad. I I'm sorry. Well, I don't care if you. I don't. I don't care if you feel bad. We need to put it on the table. It's honestly better when you do it that way because when you actually give reason to why, it doesn't leave room for a person to actually sit up there and actually say, oh, they discriminated against me because this, that, and the third. It wasn't because of any right. other factors that anyone would expect. It was specifically because right. of their behavior. But that's discrimination Absolutely. being exclusion, and that's just the psychology of socializing, okay? But in discrimination in the context of what you were originally talking about, we're talking about discriminating against, say, a complete rank stranger based on your initial judgment and impression of them. Well, I was an employer. Listen, I was an employer. I was an employer. And if somebody that wanted to come to work for us, and we knew, I knew that this person would not be a good mix in this environment, I said, well, we ain't got nothing right now. And that was it. So, but that's the problem. Hold on, hold on. Let me say something. That's a form of that's a common form of discrimination that whites enact against blacks whenever they come in to get jobs. They'll come in for a job and say, "Hey, are you hiring? Do you have any applications?" They'll say, "Oh, we ain't gotten out right now." But then a white person comes in and says, "Hey, you got any applications?" They say, "Hey, we got a spot open right now. I mean, if you want to fill out an application, you got to fill out an application. Go ahead." Not that it's discriminated simply because the other person was black, 
and I looked, and this person was white, and they wanted a white person. The exact same thing you're talking about, if you were doing that discrimination, if that discrimination was because of a clear level of incompetence in actually doing the job, then that's actually understandable. You expect a certain level of incompetence. But by actual law, if you discriminate a person against that person because of race, age, disability, sex, sexual orientation, or any or any uncontrolled, what's considered an uncontrollable factor, then that's actually a form of illegal discrimination. So just because well, you say you turn somebody away from a job because you say they weren't a good fit, doesn't actually clarify whether there was a specific reason you didn't feel like they were a good fit. Because you could say we ain't got nothing right now, and really you just discriminate because you look at this guy and you don't like the way he presents himself, and, and, and say you know what that was a discriminating factor. But it could be. But the question of his presentation is: Did he present himself as incompetent, or did he present himself as something you found personally offensive? If you found well, the, well, the, the majority of my employees was white males, okay, and I had black males employees also. So if there was some reason why that we didn't figure that you was fit for the job, or one of our foremans did not want to be, want you working on on that project and their crews and so on, and so on, then we just said we don't have anything right now. Okay, okay but the reality now, of it is, let's go with. What you're saying you don't have to tell the person why, you, but you just guess and you speculating. You don't know the reason why. You can throw a whole okay, so, bunch of scenarios out there. So let's 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 sound like it's more prejudice than it is discriminatory. Prejudice is okay too. That is not based on reason or actual experience. You just because you before you even know my qualifications, before you even know, I walk in. And you see the color of my skin, be like, nah, I'm good on that. I don't want to hire you. You're not, you're not running the background check. You're not doing anything else. So you mentioned your, you mentioned your daughter earlier, and, and she's an adult, and I'm an adult male, and I come, and because I got dreadlocks or I have a couple gold teeth in my mouth, now you don't want me to date your daughter, not knowing that I'm actually a lawyer or what have you. So you, I may not like lawyers. Maybe, maybe not, but it's, but it's more prejudice. Let me tell you something. It is my daughter is a grown woman, and she still gets advice from her father. Her son gets advice from her grandfather. That's the way our family works. And if she's... Basically, it's a simple dominant patriarchal hierarchy. Well, that's how our family works. Everybody comes to you because your word is absolute. See, you're not listening. I told you today, as they are adults, they get advice from their father. So basically, just because they're adults, Maybe. they have the right to freedom, of course, to go out. Well, see, what you're doing is you, you keep adding these subjections in there, trying to take something the way that you want it to go. <laughs> And I told you the reason why in the beginning, but 10 minutes later, you're still trying to pry and peek in. I told you the reason okay. why. Yeah, because, all right, actually, the simple point is that the way we both see things and logically do them. You say it is what it is, and it is what it is. Me, I'm not one of those people. You say it is what it is, and I'm like, nah, that ain't really it. Because at the end of the day, when you say that, to you, that is, it just is what it is. But the reality of it is, we're properly interpreted. There's clear, clear, and I mean clear channels for for the idea of discrimination to come up and what you're doing, what advice you're giving. 
Now, well, I've had some. I had some. I had a couple of EEOC. I had a couple of EEOC lawsuits. Uh, I guess not in lawsuits, but investigations. They never went no place. No, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't break the law. I think once again, just because it's it. legal. Go ahead. Well, what else? I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. When it all comes down to it, we all have to agree, and we have agreed on one thing, that there is some degree of discrimination or prejudice um, done every day. Whether you choose not to date uh, because she's black, you choose not to date because she's white, or simply the fact that she may wear too much makeup, you are being prejudiced in some form or fashion. Now, there are some, or, or not all. Hold on, let me speak, Wes. Just because it's done doesn't make it right, but just because it's not right doesn't make it illegal. So you have to you have to understand that people have preferences or boundaries or standards, whatever you may call them, for a reason. And we're supposed to be a free world, and we have the freedom to exercise that. Now, when it comes to employment, most states are at-will employers. They can hire you if they want to. They can let you go the very next day and not have to give you an explanation. And You're absolutely it's right. It's up to you, and you know, and you can read between the lines, and you can say it's because I'm black or or whatever. But the unfortunate part is, is that in those states, that requirement is not there, so you have no legal recourse unless you can prove that they let you go because you were discriminated against in whether you were black or, you know, sex or what what have you. And, you know, the key thing you said there is legal recourse because it's the legal ramification that make people change how they're doing things. It's not no morals. It's not no, oh, I feel bad. It's the legal ramification. How can you can only hurt me legally? A court can rule this way or, or a court can rule that way. But this other stuff that you're bringing with these scenarios and assumptions, they don't mean nothing. They don't. And bringing it back full circle to what the topic was about tonight is the fact that when we talk about legal recourse, some of these active shooters are being classified or being called mentally ill, which changes the legal recourse that they, um, that they may get upon them when they go to court. It changes what the system or what the court can and will impose on them. So the topic tonight was about, is that fair? How does that affect the rest of our society? How does classifying, in our mind, murderers, or in my mind, murderers, um, as as mentally ill individuals, um, how is that right? Does that take away from the people who are really mentally ill and need help? Well, you know what makes it, you know what it is? You are a person, a U.S. citizen is guaranteed what's called due process. Under the Fifth Amendment, it's substantive due process. In other words, if you do, if somebody takes something from you, they need to pay you uh, what is appreciative value. In the Fourteenth Amendment, you have procedure due process, and what you just described, ma'am, is procedural due process that an individual is allowed to have. So you're saying that they'll get the same due process as as 
or you're saying that whether mentally ill or not, due process will be no, taken into uh, account? No, okay? it, well... They they allow the process to prove to the court, and the court would more likely bring in a profession along those lines to state whether this person is, is mentally ill or not. Uh, people, okay. one law they have in this country that you don't give mentally ill people the death penalty because what they've done, they really didn't have any function over their body in doing so. Okay. Husband? The idea that a law exists and works in a certain way does not guarantee that it is ironclad enough to not be subjected to loopholes in the manner in which it operates. Many people, under many circumstances, have had their rights to due process violated in many ways. Furthermore, as of 2001, the Patriot Act allows the U.S. government and the U.S. justice system to violate and override those acts of due process in the event that it determined that an act was committed as an act of terrorism. So in other words, just because there's a such thing as due process doesn't mean, because it's written in our Constitution, doesn't mean that we don't have an act system which is enacted sometime in the 60s and 70s when the whole drug war came out. I'm not even going to go into that. But that system gave the government the right to put in laws in place that could actually violate our constitutional amendments, which is a huge subject of debate in politics nowadays. But the reality of it is the idea that an active shooter who goes on a rampage, depending on their race, to be either considered a violent terrorist or mentally ill is the exact reasoning behind how one can easily violate someone's due process. When we say someone is mentally ill, then we all of a sudden we have to say, okay, we got to give this person a fighting chance because something may have caused him to stab. But we also have been known, the American judicial system has been known to use that at its own discretion because of, again, the 2001 Patriot Act law. Essentially, well, just because a person goes out on a shooting and, say, and they say, oh, the person is mentally ill, they can say, no, uh, judging from the manner in which he committed these actions, he is mentally fit. And judging from the actions of which he is committed, they're an act of terrorism. So we're going to detain him indefinitely without giving him a fair trial. Well, here's the thing. How they want to apply it. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. When you are in the when you are under the jurisdiction of the United States, even when you have Guantanamo prisoners, they too are tried for the crime or the charges that have been levied against them. That's their due process. Not true. Not before being, or after the water that well, not true. you don't know. Yes, I do. That's not true. No, but, were you there so to see that? They did. They detained. Well, well, no, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about what he just said. What I'm saying is, they detain you via the Patriot Act. There's no. There's no. There's no. No. No charges against you. That's the reason why you're not held in this country. You're detained. On foreign land. Well, you know why you're not held in this country? Because no jail uh-huh. wants to really hold you because of the ramification that can come from that. It doesn't matter oh. what a jail wants to do. If a jail is receiving state funding, this funding from this country, then they're obligated to do so. You don't get to pick and choose what criminals you want. But you're talking jail. about war. You're talking about war criminals. 
A jail I'm don't have to about, take a war. See, a war, criminal ha, a war criminal has not committed a state violation. That's the reason why we're talking in terms of terrorism, domestic terrorism. Domestic. Domestic. Well, he's the one that, that brought that up. No, but no, anyway, no, no, I understand no, no. what you said. That's part of the description. Especially in the context of actions taken against the United States, whether foreign or domestic. But even a domestic. Even either one of these people that was involved in either one of these quote unquote mass shootings, whether it was in Chicago or St. Louis, because they mass shootings, those those people that are uh, caught, they are charged, they are allowed their due process to work its way through. If they don't no, like the they first be, level, they then caught. they can they can appeal, they can appeal all the way up to the Supreme Court. And that is why the Patriot Act was established so that in the event that the, ju- that the judicial system deems that the acts they committed were of a more serious nature, they can detain them without right to due process. One, well, the Patriot actually enact that law at a local level because there was an incident that I was involved with in which I was held at the police station, but I was not under arrest. However, I was detained in a cell, okay? I was detained in a cell until they got to the bottom of what they wanted to get to. They didn't even actually arrest me. They didn't Mirandize me. They simply detained me. They didn't cuff me. So the reality of it is, the entire situation of what they created was that when they say I'm like, it was my choice. But rather, it was not. Because had I decided to decline, then they would have decided to take it upon themselves to rightfully charge me with something to arrest me. Did you go get a lawyer? I, I didn't. There was no lawyers involved. Matter of fact, the condition well, was well, well, Hang on for a second. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But you had a right to get a lawyer. You had a right to get a lawyer given, and have. I was not given that right to a lawyer because well, I was not you should, but, I was not arrested. But you, they don't have to give you the right to get a lawyer. You should know you have a right to get a lawyer and have that incident get adjudicated. Do you know why the Miranda Act exists? Do you know why the Miranda Act exists? Well, then, a man actually legally got yes, I know. We know why the Miranda Act exists. But the key thing is, he was arrested. I just said I was detained. They said to me I was detained. But the reality of it is, they basically created a situation where I had to go for what seemed like my own choice, or they were going to force me to by actually having something to arrest me for. Were you talking to him? Were you talking to him? Well, you shouldn't talk to him unless you have a lawyer in your presence. First of all, how am I going to have a lawyer in my presence when I got about five cops around me with guns? What am I going to do for a lawyer? Why am I going to mention a lawyer in a country where we've seen black men get shot day after day? And I'm going to point out to you, sir, you may not be able to cover my voice despite the fact that I am loud, but I am a very large, imposing black male. I am six foot two. I am 400 pounds. And in the presence of five cops with guns out trying to deal with a situation, when they say, oh, you're going to come with us, we're going to try to detain you, we're going to take you down to the the station, we're going to question you. I'm not going to give them a reason. Do you remember? uh, Because then they might go further and say he might be a problem. You know little Kim, Biggie Smalls' girlfriend. I think she was four foot something, and she had enough sense to know her rights. She wasn't speaking until she had a lawyer. And listen, I had enough sense to know my rights. I saw the same thing, and they said, "Listen." All right. Well, I hear you. What you what you don't understand is the actual command. No, I hear you. I hear you. They stated that they were detaining me, not arresting. 
that is different than when they say you've been detained. Yeah, I should have known then, you know what, if you ain't got a reason to arrest me, I'm going to go on about my merry way. But the reality of it is I had five cops with their guns out, and frankly, they suspected me as being a part of the problem. So if I decided I wanted to say that, then they would have given me a reason to lead away. Did, did you ask them what the probable cause was? Did you ask them what their probable cause was? Sometimes it's just being black. I literally needed to ask them what their probable cause was in that particular situation and in those circumstances. Like, well, if they didn't have probable cause, you was free. If they didn't have probable cause, they didn't have a right to detain you. You was free to go. No, probable cause don't, don't apply when you're black, bro. It sounds good, yes, but it don't I, really it, apply. Absolutely. I say it works for black. It, you all, a U.S. citizen is supposed to work for you. What was the probable cause? All it's I had to do was say what was the probable cause, and they would have lived the same thing they had already suspected on me. Because basically what they did was show to say, we're going to treat you as a suspect, but for your sake, we're going to do this the polite way. You come willingly. That's exactly what being detained was for me. It was you come willingly or you come forcefully. Well, they well they cases, played what they done. I think from what I hear, they played on your intelligence. I can't see. I never have been in those positions. Never been arrested and all those things. So you got one up on me as far as your experience is concerned. But if I had been in that case, I just told you what I would have done. You know what they told you time and time again? You were detained. You came willing. Because well, you exactly don't know that. You, I came willing. No, that's exactly what happened because. If I would have decided to come unwillingly and said no, then it would have been then I would have been arrested. Then I would have been arrested and suspicious of the crime because I was already in too close for proximity to the crime. So if you had been arrested, if you had been arrested, then ultimately what would have happened? You would have been appearing in a court on trial, right? Well, then there's your opportunity to get things right. That's your day in court. You know, I'm going to tell you this. What we thought, what we forgetting, and I'm going to tell, tell this young brother, is your argument isn't with the police. They're doing their job. They're, they're just going to mm-hmm. take you down and, and process you. The argument comes to to the judge with, with lawyers and, and legality and litigation. Oh. Now, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Let me please. Let me finish. Let me finish. Now, like the gentleman was saying earlier, we were talking about legal. Truthfully, what's legal and illegal is up to the judge. When you go before the judge and they have this and they say, well, you was, you was speeding and you was doing this, you was going 80 miles in a, in a 55, the judge may say, now, well, we'll do, we'll knock it down to, you know, whatever, and we'll give you this if you plead this. So it's pretty much based on, it's not necessarily what the cops say, it's what the judge says. So the penalty you're going down. Are you right, talking about the you're penalty? Going down, okay. No, I'm I'm just talking about, about about the whole the whole charge. So they can charge you whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But it's what the judge when you go before the judge, that's when convictions and all that get handed down. Just because somebody charged you with something doesn't mean you're convicted. Oh. So well, I see okay. what both both of y'all are saying. But here's the thing about what you just gave a description of. <clears throat> The judge is lowering the the judge is lowering the cost of your fine because they don't want to go to trial. You could but have said you could you could have said no, sir. I want I want a trial. And another thing, you could have asked for a trial outside of that court. 
if it's a local municipality, you could have said, I want, my, I want this to be heard in the county court because the county court is over the municipal court. You could disapprove that municipal court yourself. Okay, here's one thing. Um, where, I'm, where I'm at right now, I live in the county seat, so the municipal court is in a municipal court. My municipal court is either county or state. Okay, so on top of that, in a situation in which I levy in regards to my experience with dealing with, you know, how police and, and how people are detained versus arrested, which dictates our whole topic of, you know, the treatment, how, how certain crimes are treated when certain people commit those acts, I'm going to say this. I've committed plenty of acts. I'm, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I've committed certain acts, laying there in front of cops and walked away from it because I did know my rights. But the circumstances in my situation at that given point also were dictated by people I was dealing with. I was dealing with people that I didn't want to make foolish moves just because they saw that something in particular was happening to certain parties, namely one of those parties being myself. Because I feel like even in the terms of the context of the situation that happened, that's still exactly what happened. Somebody made a foolish choice at that moment, that night, that situation happened, which then led to further events down the line. But when it comes down to how the U.S. government actually, uh, how the police do their job, first and foremost, those police actually have to go to school, and at the very least, they have to learn a basic understanding of laws, basic interpretation of those laws, and how to properly identify situations where certain circumstances have happened. And I'm going to put it simple. The situations I got away from versus the situation that I just talked about were totally different. Because the key, the key defining component that happened in them was a gun had been used in, in the situation. A gun had been used in that situation, and when it comes down to it, the cops are going to get to the bottom of that. My other situations, they may have involved acts of violence, but they didn't involve acts of violence with actual, you know, with purposeful weapons. They may have involved acts of violence involving other weapons, and they might have involved different circumstances. But when it comes down to it, these mass shooters, which is the main topic here, these are the people that they go out here, they commit these, these heinous crime acts. We sit up here, we argue whether or not it was a political act or non-political act. We argue whether this person was mentally, you know, deranged or not mentally deranged. But let's add a point that may have been missing, all right? I'm going to be perfectly honest. I heard about the shoot, but personally, these happen so much. There's, a, there's actually the scientific proof that observing traumatic incidents happening in the news can almost be the same as actually being a witness to it live, okay? But in this particular case, I'm not exactly sure who this person was targeting. All I know is that a large amount of people were targeted, and they didn't make any clear refer- reference to whether or not, you know, this person had actually committed this act specifically against a specific group of people and maybe some others got caught in crossfire. Well, or if it was general, generally an actual act by a person who was mentally unstable. So when it comes well, to the whole was, usage of this is what would happen. This, this is what's going to happen. If the man had lived, the prosecutor would have called a grand jury. And the prosecutor would have presented to the grand jury the evidence at that time. The grand jury would have decided on the evidence and either came back with a true bill or an untrue bill. A true bill is that the grand jury agree with the prosecutor. That allows the prosecutor to go on and start making the case in which... Yes, he would have to have a psychic evaluation because if you don't give him a psychic evaluation and after a trial, if he's found not guilty, then I'm sorry, if he's found guilty 
he can appeal in the next court level, whether it's even if it's a charge at a state level or federal level, that court is going to look and say, well, you didn't give this person the due process of being evaluated to see if they was mentally stable to even stand trial, less long to be charged with these crimes. Okay, so reason why it was reason why hold on real quick. So in in that in that reason why I said because it was said that he had a a, a manifold or a manuscript of um, uh, anti-immigrant and other race propaganda. Then one of them had a a hit list. So you have anti-immigrant. And you have other uh, races, uh, doctrine. Then mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, that that will qualify you as a terrorist. Okay, Based stop right the there. Stop no, no, right no, no, there, no, no, real no, no, quick. I'm, I'm let you go no, on. No, no, no. All right, I have to make a note. Thank you. Based on the descriptions that we read, when we were talking about about. Uh, Domestic terrorists. When we're talking about terroristic acts, that those those qualify because you're, okay. you're targeting a group of people. Okay. In your in your uh, in, in your country. Okay. So you're saying he was premeditated. How do you know he was premeditated? I never said those words. You said that. So let's not. But I'm no, not, but, I'm not but wait a minute. That's, that's, if you, that's, the, that's the law. You said he was premeditated because what well, was I, in I a manifesto. I never said you premeditated. Please don't you put said, words in my mouth. Well, wait a minute. Hang on. Well, we're not going to get in an argument. Just clarify for me. Didn't you say it was written in a manifesto? That, that, that the propaganda that he had is what I said. All right. Wait. Okay. That if that's the case, then. It's premeditated, but you know you got one other flaw that would not go by the grand jury. Who wrote this? There's no way to he know did. that he did he sign it. It says it says this that he wrote. I'm going by. I wasn't there. So now let me explain to you. When you when you take when you take thirty rounds and and manually put them into seventeen magazines, you're thinking. You're thinking of going it's, out and shooting some. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing illegal about that now. You know that, don't you? I, I do. But I know when you go out here and you shoot up, you walk into a, lo- a dwelling that's occupied by civilians, and you start and you open fire, that's wrong. Okay. I, I agree with you. That's, that's, a, that's illegal to go out and do that. But the thing that I'm trying to tell you, you said that they said he wrote it, where there's been other sources said that they don't know who wrote it. Now, think about this. I'm going to tell you. I, I, wait, know, I didn't on, write it. I know well, that. Well, well, wait a minute. Come on. We don't have to go there. But I sat on a jury selection in the 19th Judicial in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for a case that was involving a 2000, and I think it was 2014, a couple of years ago, a hazing incident where a kid lost his life. I think you probably heard of it. Where he drunk himself to death, basically. I sat on the jury pool selection on that case, and the prosecutor and the the, the uh, defendant's lawyer was asking the jury's questions. And some of the questions that they asked 
what, what is basically what I'm trying to tell you. See, they want to know how much influence we have had over this case. Did we have we heard about it in the news? So when you said that you heard that it was a manifesto from them, and then another source said that it was not from him, they don't know where it came from. That is influencing the opinion of a jury. And they want to know that. And if it doesn't go with their outcome, they're going to get rid of you. Well, that's fine. What I'm telling you is we're talking about things that's going on in our society. Um, this, is not, this is not a jury trial. This is a, 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 a situation where you, you deem certain groups as mental, mentally uh, a mental health issue versus what is really, and that's an uh, act of terrorism. Well, which, what level of fact is that? Is that the undisputed fact or is it provisional fact? There's three levels of facts that you got to be able to contend with. No, you don't. Now, when you're having a conversation, no, I don't. I don't I'm, I'm, I well, what I'm trying to get through the conversation is that are you going to be on trial, man? Come on. I'm, 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 I'm having the, the, the issue is I, I don't think that it's, that it's right, fair, well. right? Let's let's okay. remove those labels and just say that he, he he was he was criminally ill. Let's just say that he was wrong. Let's just say that he broke the law. Period. Let's keep it consistent. We don't need labels to minimize or to influence one's thoughts. But they do, and that's why he I come in. Crime. Well, I hear what you're saying, but he's got a defense lawyer that say he didn't commit the crime. Well, he's dead, so I don't think he has a defense lawyer. Well, well, he's dead. He doesn't have a prosecution. He's he don't have a tort against him either. He's dead. Well, so so for someone like me, you know, don't don't and I commit a crime. Don't say that I'm a domestic terrorist. If I did the same thing that he done. Don't label me as a domestic terrorist. Say I'm mentally ill, too. Or say, you know what, you're a domestic terrorist, and he's one also. Well, the, the thing is between domestic terrorists, mentally ill is a viable excuse. Saying somebody no, is domestic terrorist. It's a convenient excuse. No, it's, it's a legal excuse because you have to give some person that option. I mean, in their due process. But to call you a domestic terror, to call you a alien uh, just dropped in or whatever, does not circumvent the fact that you broke the law. You're a criminal to the word of the law. And, and it's a little bit more than that. So why can't he be a criminal too? Well, it's up to it's up to the it's up to the prosecutor to call him what he she or he wants to call him. Public can this say whatever the heck they want to. Truthfully, none of this is even judicial. This is this is your president who said that he had he had mental health issues. That He's is the one not that got even, up and said that. Yeah, but that is, right now that's a state issue. The federal government can't charge him. Okay, but now see Trump's make reference of things that he has no jurisdiction over whatsoever. He's just making those statements for political reasons. Yeah, that political mm. reason is giving rise to political hate. Well, no, that, well, that's <laughs> because you got one group 
and it depends on how the wind's blowing that wants to hear him say that. So they do it for political reasons. Look what Maxine Waters, uh, look what Maxine Waters said. Said if you meet him out in the public, that you're supposed to make him uncomfortable and la 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 la. Well, can we say that what she said was transparent? What this gentleman done? I think my mere presence in the public makes them uncomfortable. Ooh, just because you're black. Just because you're black. So it sort of appears. When I walked into Lowe's today, everybody looked at me and moved out of my way and looked like I'm the one shooting it up or about to shoot up a spot. No, that's not the case. I'm just here by life. I just want to point out one thing. One can't have an intimidating presence that can create that, but... Some people are, in some cases, intimidated by a person's ability to have confidence in themselves, despite all the discrimination leveled against them, especially in the world in which they live in. So, yeah, especially considering the fact of where you live, I can kind of understand that. You know, you have a confidence in yourself to walk in an area that they might see as a, you know, a mostly white dominant space, but rather than sitting up there and actually becoming, you know, aggressive towards you, they may have just, you know, become avoidant. That's still, in a, in a way, a matter of discrimination. I've experienced that going to the stores where I've been trying to get somebody's attention multiple times. I am really, really huge and really hard to miss. And if I'm trying to wave at you and you deliberately ignore me and go through other things multiple times before you finally come across to me, you obviously were ducking and avoiding me. You were trying to duck and avoid me, hoping that maybe I'd wander away and get discouraged. But when I didn't get discouraged, you finally had to deal with it because it was professional courtesy. <laughs> People do that all the time in the well, stores, you, especially in the South. You know what's funny? I was at a store, and I, and and guy. I was looking for a wallet. Guy comes up. I asked him for some help. He came up, and I explained to him specifically what I want. He started taking the wallets and throwing them up on the counter. And I was like, ooh, well, nah, I don't like this. I'm, no, no, no. Wait, wait. Sir, please, let me finish. So I go and talk to someone else and say, is this, is this, how, is this how you guys, you know, do treat customers? The lady said, no, come on up here. I'll help you. She went over there. The guy came up like, like what was wrong? She said, uh, go to clock out and it, it called me tomorrow to see if you still have a job. So it's not about anything else. It's in this specific situation. It's about how you treat someone else. I'm not saying it was this well, way because when you're I'm in a, black. When you're in a when you're in a position where you're dealing with the public, I would agree. And that would be between that employee and the employer. But you know, mm-hmm. funny thing, I never had those type of experience. And I guess some people have. And I'm down here in the south when. Uh, a, a person passed in front of me. Oh, they coming? You know, they came into. I was in a service area getting my car replaced. I was in the customers area getting my car worked on. I guess it was the day of yesterday. A lady came in from the outside and said, "Hello to everybody." As soon as she walk in, uh, yes sir, no sir to my to me. So I guess it's just the way people are. They don't have to do it, but they a lot of them do, and many don't. I just want to say, as a person, as a person, I was saying, as a person, you know, the manner in which you carry yourself does create a distinction because, admittedly, there is also the issue of what is wrong with respectability politics. If you present yourself in a manner in which they desire for you to present yourself as a person, then yeah, they may not find any qualms with the way in which you act. But when you present yourself as a person you choose to be, regardless of whether or not they care, if they disagree with it, of course they're going to decide that if they don't like it, they're going to act a certain way about it. 
like I said before, if you walk into the store, carry yourself with confidence, but as a person that in a matter you look in a matter that they don't agree with, maybe you may be, you know what I'm saying, clean, fresh and confident, a full or a nice pair of pants and Jays, you know, and they don't like the whole they don't like that look because they associate a person who wears those products as being of a particular persuasion, you know, just because they to be avoided, that's still a form of discrimination. My point being, you may be the type of person who might wear, you know what I'm saying, a button down shirt. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe something nice, probably something out of the, the, the plant section of a real upscale store, you know, some real nice slacks and some nice brown shoes. You might present yourself as a general conservative person of conservative persuasion, and that definitely may be why people choose to react to you the way they do. But the reality of it is the fact that we as a people, regardless of how we look, we get a different reaction based on the way we dress and the way we look. It's still a matter of discrimination. And that same discrimination still applies when it comes to where certain people commit crimes. When a person looks a certain way, well, sorry, I jumped out of the conversation and he jumped into about something about Trump and the things, the hateful things he says. You know, when you start constantly saying that this type of person who looks like this and that is third is a thug and all of this, the thing that people don't get to, don't seem to understand is, yeah, the thing they targeted when they tried to create that whole idea of a thug was of the second pants. What people also fail to remember is they pointed out the illustrious use of wearing designer sportswear and often wearing walking around in a very sports casual manner, which in some cases and in some areas will cause people to discriminate against you because they'll see you, maybe they may not see you as some, some thug because you're not walking around your pants that in, but they'll see you as some sort of hippie or some sort of, so underworld. Just, they'll just discriminate, they just generally disagree with how you appear. One can still find reasons to discriminate against you. But what if they call themselves a thug? Suppose you watching a video and people on the video are acting in a way, dressed yeah, in a particular way, and they are self-describing themselves as thugs. Well, this is what you see. Okay. So if you okay, see that out in the public, we to wear the same kind of product. What does that mean? I have to be a thug just because that person says they're a thug? It's because it well, doesn't matter that we both happen to have a style. But here's the thing: when you in a when you in a business atmosphere, that employer has a right to look at you and say to himself or herself, "This person is not or will be okay in the atmosphere of my business." You know, that okay. was an immigrant. Let me let me tell you something. Let me let me give you an example. It was an immigrant that was here in my town, and I helped this female. To get to school, get to work, because she didn't have transportation. As time went on, I taught her how to drive. She was going to school to be a CNA. And time came for her to do an interview at Bourne's Jewish Hospital, one of their facilities. I took her and I bought her a white blouse, a dark skirt. She had the stockings, and I got her some two-inch pumps like Cicely. No, two-inch pumps, and she had her hair fixed like Cicely Tyson. She went into the place, and you also had some black women coming in, dressed like they just came from the club. Now, I'm just saying this because that's what I can associate it with. Well, she got hired just okay. like that, but they didn't okay. hire the so other ones. Here's my point. You're talking about in a situation in which you're trying to go to a job interview for the job. First and foremost, there's one thing everyone needs to know when going to a job interview, which maybe those other women didn't know. You always come dressed for the job you want. So when you come and dress for a job, you have to research on what you're going to be doing, what kind of job you're going to be doing, and, of course, you're going to want to dress in your best professional manner for that particular situation. 
That being the case, that does not apply to the actual situation in which we were discussing. You're talking about a specific context. We're talking about a general context. We're talking about business. We're talking about business and customer relations. Customers being discriminated against because they look casual walking into a particular business, and they have the right to dress how they please, so long as it's not violating law. Did you go back to the business? Huh? Did you go no, back to the business? I, I, huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Did you go back like, to the business? You, you? Did you patronize the business the, again? I patronize that. I patronize plenty of businesses that have done that frequently. So, so you they frequently them patronize them even after they've treated you in a manner which you don't like. Yes. Yeah, because you know well, what? Well, then how are you going to punish? How do these people know that what they are doing you don't like? Now you're doing it to me, what I do to you, cutting me off, because I didn't even finish my statement. When it comes to that business, the reaction of one particular person is not always the same to the other person, because some others will recognize someone's personally discriminatory behavior held by a customer, just as Click pointed out. You went to a store, you wanted to get wallets, he said exactly what he wanted. One gentleman acted in a way in which he just did not agree with. Another one came up to him, acted in a much more pleasant and agreeable manner. Now, the okay, so is, if I have to, if, if any way, no matter how I walk in there, if I can't get you reacting to me in a pleasant and agreeable manner, unless I actually all right, let me ask you a question. Have a, no, so no, when you no, went no, back no, no. to the you're business not again, until I finish. well, you're you know, you 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 Hold know it. what you're doing. You're giving a lecture, man. You got oh, the sorry. point across 15 minutes ago. You continue to give lectures, lectures, lectures. Because you don't get the point. Because you, I do you get the do point. I'm getting ready to ask you pertaining to the point. You go. You yeah, went back to the same place. Did you? Did you work with the person that offended you the last time? No, I worked Are with you, a different person. Because all right, person now guess what you just done. Hang on. Guess what? Well, I don't need a lecture. Let me tell you what you've done. Being that those salespersons are probably working on commission, you discriminated against that person. No, I didn't. That person discriminated Yes, you did. Because yeah, you, you consciously said, I'm not going to deal with that person again. Even though, even though he may have been reprimanded to know that the first contact he had with you was not appropriate and not to do it, try to correct it from then on. But you did not give him a chance. You discriminated against him and went to somebody else. You know something? If he didn't want me to discriminate against him, he would have never discriminated against me first. No, no. He made a mistake, and you're not willing to forgive him for that mistake. Oh, wow. discrimination was a mistake? It it could have been. With no right to was a mistake? Well, what mistake do you discriminate against? Well, but he, but but, but, no but we can't agree. Well, well, hang on for a second. We can't agree he was working there, right? And he's been working there. So apparently, you're the only one that has a peculiar way that you like to be treated. All right, that's perfectly fine. So when you made the complaint, peculiar way. Then, you mean having when you made the complaint, you? when you made the complaint. Apparently, it got back to this salesperson that he needed to reprimand the way that he treated you. All right. He got over that. So when you go back again, you intentionally stay away from him, denying him of the possibility of picking up commissions on the sales of selling you something and you paying for it. You discriminated. You're 
you're just a little under the implication that I went into a specific business of which I would have intentionally desired to run back into that same sales. That's what you said. The possibility of running back. No, I didn't because it's just definitely what I okay. said earlier. I said it was a clerk that talked to me, but key word is that you don't understand. I was at a Home Depot. And at a job like that, people's schedules often differ. I could go on to that place multiple times. I might go in there in the evening. He happened to be on evening schedule with him. I could go well, in there Home in the morning. Home Depot, hang on for a second, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. All the Home Depots I know don't sell wallets. So no, no, no. That, was my, that was my story. That oh, was okay, my story. okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Now, in that particular case, if he's talking about going to start buying a wallet, a wallet is typically a long, a long way. No, don't, you don't have to explain it. Let him explain it. We cool. So when I, 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 when I didn't leave the store, I went and spoke to another associate. All right. So, okay, I did, I did not discriminate against him. What I did was take a chance and say, hey, you're not going to treat me this way. Period. Because, one, I don't treat anybody with disrespect. Anybody. So you're not going to disrespect me. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to act belligerent. I'm not going to get up here and start cussing and, and ranting and raving. I'm not going to do that. I am a gentleman okay. in spite of. So I went and spoke to somebody else, and they treated me the way I wanted. And I purchased the wallet, put it in there, and he had, his job was on, in jeopardy. Maybe it was just a training opportunity. It didn't, it didn't matter to me. I wanted what I wanted. I got it, and I left. That's great. Now, getting back to the topic, because I know you don't went past, but... No, don't worry about that. I'm good on that. <laughs> all right. Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, force my way on it. But as far as the person, the, if the shooter was still alive, of course, he's dead now. But if he was alive, he would be afforded due process to have all the things that need to be done for him to be a subject for prosecution and mm-hmm. also a subject for the defense of the charge that the prosecutor is going to levy against them. Mm-hmm. And one of them is for him to be mentally evaluated to see if he's fit to sit there in trial. Okay. Now, that may be, that may be well and done. And, and I see we're speaking from two different perspectives. You specifically speaking from a a, a judicial, and I get that, and I respect that. I'm just simply saying, I'm speaking from a place of consistency. Let's keep it consistent across the board. Let's not label a, a, a specific group or a person that says he committed this act, but he was mentally unstable, versus he committed this act, he's a criminal. If we both committed, if we both committed a crime, broke a crime, broke the law, which is criminal, let allow both of us to be criminals. That's all I'm saying. Well, initially they are, but I understand what you're saying. But, but, you know, just like people see a police action that they describe as brutality that happened in Florida. They see one that happens in uh, Kansas City. They see one that happens in California. Well, all police departments are not the same. You got over 18,000 in this country, and they work on the different rules, regulations, and and policies and procedures. So we can't mm-hmm. say that that what went down in Florida needs to go down in Washington State. Those two different police departments. 
I mean, that's just no. the way it is. We're not, we're, we're not, no, I'm not saying that you're saying that, but you have to realize when you say that it should be equal across, it can't be equal across the board because the parameters are different in every case. But criminal criminal the criminal does not commit a crime. It may not. Crime. Yeah, but it may not be the same charges. Sure. I know it may not be the same charges when you're talking about white versus black. That's all no, I'm it, it, ahead, it may, be the sa- may not be the same charges no matter who the criminal is, depending on hold the on, jurisdiction that you're being charged in. Oh, you're right. You're right. Hold on. Because let me explain something to you, okay? In certain jurisdictions, like take, for example, Florida, which has a 1020 life law, if I pull a gun and pull the trigger on somebody, but guess what? I'm now charged with aggravated assault, attempted murder. But let's say I do that in... I don't know Vegas. I might have pulled the gun, pulled the trigger, and might not have hit that person. Might have shot them. That might that, in Florida, I'm automatically charged with aggravated assault and attempted murder until I go to trial. There, however, then they already look at the fact that the situation that happened right then and there and say this is just an aggravated assault because they don't see that or this is just an attempted murder. You know, that's the difference. The thing is, what you're talking about is the difference in the judicial laws, the jurisdiction. Just because the judicial laws in this jurisdiction say that this was this. And another jurisdiction said this was that. Those still have specific parameters on which they operate by. Because when a crime actually involves entails certain other details, it can add up to going from being a local offense to being an offense on state level to an offense on federal level. Local laws may be different from state laws. You know, state laws usually override local laws, but local laws can have their own thing. I might shoot at somebody, and originally the local law might have been that I was just an aggravated assault, but by state law, it's aggravated assault and attempted murder. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. You remember the lady down in Florida? You remember the lady down in Florida? That case? The warning shot? Yeah. Well, see, she was was guilty. Now, her husband, they say, was beating her. She left, got a gun, and came back. Then she proceeded to discharge. Well, she's guilty. Regardless of... No, no, here's the thing. You know what? Hold on, here's, here's, let me clarify something about that well, logic. Well, didn't she get, char- didn't she get convicted? No, no, no actually, she's been released. But go ahead. No, I'm wait a minute. Hang on for a second. She's being released, but she was convicted that incarcerated her. She was released yeah, on the. She was released because the governor commuted her sentence. No, no, no. no. Let me clarify something right now. I know exactly which state you're talking about. And let me clarify it's the Florida. Here, especially speaking on my, no, 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 I'm going to speak to you about my state's law. Let me clarify something. That woman what state do you live in? Gun, she fired a shot. Huh? I live in Florida. Okay. When it comes to that particular case, that woman went and got a gun, fired a shot, did not shoot her husband. Let me clarify something. A shooting happened in Jacksonville. This man, for no reason other than the act of discrimination, shot at four boys in an SUV. Okay. Let me clarify something I just said. In the state of Florida, if but there's a 1020 life law. If you pull a gun, that if you pull a gun, that's an automatic charge of either attempted murder, no, aggravated assault. If you fired that gun, that's a charge of attempted murder. Now, when she fired, pulled that gun and fired it on him, she was then charged with aggravated assault and attempted murder. But here's the specific oh. issue: that law also has to compete with our actual capital doctrine, and the specifics behind that capital doctrine have really boiled down to a self-defense murder law. The fact of the matter is, if that person lives and survives that incident, it is considered an act of either aggravated assault or attempted murder. 
if that person is killed and they've been in that incident, it is automatically changed to murder. Okay? Now, when that person is charged with murder, murder can become questionable depending on the circumstances. Because at that point, that's when our law says, why did you kill this person? If you killed this person in self-defense, then it was self-defense. But why? Exactly. But if you actually still do the same thing, why is it still not standing on my ground to fire a warning shot at this person? I have to get to the point where I have to... Well, you know why she did? Because she... It's different because she done it in the presence of children. No, the children had yep. nothing to do with it. It had nothing to do with the fact of children. The children were actually just using the one-armed man to drag it through the situation to try to make it seem more problematic. The reality of it is it would have been no different if she had killed them in front of those children. It still would have been whether or not she did it in self-defense. The reality of it is is that she pulled that gun and she did not kill that man. Again, as I was well, speaking it, about the gentleman who killed the four, no, no, let me, as I was speaking about the four boys who killed the, the guy who killed one of the four boys in Jacksonville, okay, there were four boys in an SUV. He opened fire on that SUV. He killed one and missed the other three. Did you know that that man was, was not convicted for the murder of the boy who died, but he was charged for not the other three? He was charged well, for essentially the other three survived. I can't tell you about that. Shooting and killing one of the boys who didn't commit an actual offense against him in any way, shape, or form, who did not actually in any way, shape, or form threaten him, but he died. So they said, "Okay, you're off the hook for that." Killed him, but you didn't kill these other three. So now we're going to pay you with 20 years of peace. But on top of that, they pinned him for that under a plea deal because in the state of Florida, you actually have to go to trial. The issue that in hand is they automatically throw 20 years at you for firing a gun at someone. Okay? Yeah. But the reality of it is that our laws bore down to the circumstances of which you fired that gun. If I fired that well, gun at you as an act of self-defense and I didn't shoot you and it's proven that it's act of self-defense, what I will then get charged with is an aggravated assault. But if I well, she got charged because the chair was in, pre- in prison. Then it was, a, then it was so, attempted murder. I lost so, she, so now that lady that you're talking about, she discharged the weapon. She fired a warning shot in front of the children. Those are, 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 are different. We add more and more elements to it. That's, that's very true in this situation. But the whole fact of the matter is wrong, wrong is wrong. The law states this, and she broke the law, right? Now, there's, it's wrong when it's one of us who committed, but it wasn't designed for us, us being black Americans. It wasn't designed for us. It was designed for Well, OJ got off. Did he? Do not bring up OJ in this situation. OJ had, uh, who was that? He got Johnny, Cochran. Johnny Cochran used that wild-ass Chewbacca defense. The Chewbacca defense was actually the distraction defense in which it took to derail the entire point of the case to being uh, specifically predicated on the fact that just because a glove didn't fit him, it proved that he couldn't have been capable of, of using the murder weapon to have committed that crime. But the thing is, the glove itself already disclosed the possibility because they need fingerprint evidence. And the inside of that glove is designed for you to pull fingerprints off. And I know forensic technology is really, really good, but cotton absorbs oil. So you can't but did not OJ did not OJ was found not guilty in the criminal trial? He was. He was found not guilty. All right. Now, now they, was they wasn't even guilty. looking for fingerprints. They wasn't looking for fingerprints. They was talking about the glove that him being able to wear the glove. Now. Mm-hmm. You, since you brought OJ up, let's go back and look at the fact that you cannot put a leather glove on that's been soaked with blood and think it's going to fit the same as when it's dry. Anytime something is soaked with blood, especially leather, it shrinks. 
So you trying to put your hand in a glove and your hand is, is, is open, that's almost impossible in the first place because we all know you got to close your hand or squeeze your hand to get it inside of a glove. He's trying to put it on with not all only, of his fingers spread wide, like he's gripping the football. Not only that. Come on now. Not only that. Another circumstance I want to point out is the fact that it was said that he committed the knife, or uh, he committed the murder with a knife. The actual mechanics of wrapping your hand around that knife and squeezing it would have stretched the lever on that glove. Once it was soaked in blood, as you said before, it soaks in. When leather soaks in too much fluid, it instantly shrink, it starts to shrink up once it dries. And especially blood, blood is very thick when it coagulates when it dries. So when OJ tried to put his hand in that glove, that glove couldn't stretch like it was supposed to, because isotonic gloves were, gloves were actually designed to stretch out a little bit when the when a person tried to put their hand in there to facilitate ease of putting it on. That glove can't do that because now it's covered in congealed blood. They made him put on that glove and said, "Oh, because this glove didn't fit, he, he, he couldn't have done it." He was simply using that argument of semantics. He was arguing the fact that he was arguing a point that the jury would not have caught on. The fact that that glove would have shrunk due to its design, due to being covered in a congealed substance, and not understanding the properties of how blood actually reacts. But, but regardless of all the scientific reason, he was acquitted. Okay, he was. You know something? I, I once that got doesn't make it right. I vandalized somebody else's car. Okay. I once got into a fight. I vandalized somebody's car. I put somebody. Man, you don't been in a whole lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, I done did some more stuff. But let me clarify something to you. When this incident happened, I walked away. You know why I walked away from that circumstance? Technically, that cop should have still had a reason to arrest me. The reason being that I vandalized somebody else's property, and that person was out there to witness it. But you know something? You know why I walked away? Because I told them that, that the only reason that incident happened was under the context of self-defense and trying to defend myself against this person. So yeah, but what did the car do to you? Exactly. The car didn't do shit to me. The car did nothing to me. The car did nothing to him. And yet the car was damaged in these circumstances. Which Was I charged with it? No, I walked right away from the spot. I walked away from the spot right then and there. And it was well, you should be in jail right actually. about now. I should have done some time, yeah, because it, it was actually a situation that was so wild, they actually had to call they called several squad cars and a chopper on us. We were causing that much of a disturbance. I vandalized somebody else's property. I vandalized public property. I ripped the street sign out of the ground. Damn, you're a career it criminal. Was a big fight. No, it, was a, it wasn't a career criminal. It was a matter of circumstances. When the circumstances happened, I was defending myself. So when those circumstances happened, technically, I was still, should have been held liable for the property damage to property as well as the property damage to someone's personal property. But the thing is, due to the circumstances under why I did Well, let me say this. Let me say this. The opinions given on this show is not the opinions of the host nor the guest. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the crimes that's committed ain't got nothing to do with the show. I don't know nothing about it. I ain't but heard nothing. I ain't seen nothing. But what I do know is this. Right? When it, comes to, mm-hmm. when it comes to the things that you do, my whole thing in life is let's keep it consistent. Okay, you brought up OJ. OJ was found innocent because they tried to frame a guilty man. Period. That's my opinion. That when it comes to everything else, once again, let's keep it consistent. Let's, what's, what's wrong with humanity being human instead of it being, you know, the human race versus it being a black or white? The well, I agree with you. Thinking, the system got us thinking that we're at odds with each other. And they and mm-hmm. they and they propagating and they and they profiting off of this, when in actuality, we're all one and we all have the same issues. Black have the mm-hmm. same issues as white. 
Mm-hmm. But nobody want to talk about that. They, they, you have whites on welfare just like you have blacks. You have white unemployed just like you have blacks. Well, you're absolutely right. That's, that's why I, I made mention of how things are reported. So <clears throat> maybe uh, you're going to have to work to start a change in things. Write a law. You not, have, you ever, have you ever tried writing a law before? Uh-uh. No, I didn't because I I don't uh, really subscribe to, to to government. You dig? So what I'm going to do is treat people the right way because I answer to higher. So there you go. And believe me. And that, and that's the and that's the and that's the direction that it probably should go. And voting is probably plays into that as well. Talking mm-hmm. to your politicians, your local well, you, politicians. I know where you're going with it. And, yeah, and treat people the not, way you want them to treat you. But I do go. I make it my business. I don't. I talk to vets. I talk to the homeless. I do. I, I donate for those that's less fortunate. Uh, you know, all this good stuff because that's what we're lacking in today's society. Well, I agree. Is this your wife on the phone? Yes, it is. Well, I think she's ready to go to bed, man. Uh, that's that's fine. My, my wife, my wife is a, is a beautiful woman, and she support me as long as we sit here and talk about all these situations. And she's heard me say it before. She'd rather me talk to y'all than to talk to her because she's heard it a million times over. All right. Well, look, I'm gonna tell you what. I'm getting ready to get off of here. I don't want well, you to know no I'm, more I'm, 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 I'm going to admit, this, out of all the times you've called, I really enjoyed this one more than the rest. So thank you, but, my brother. Please feel free to call back. I know you're a Trump supporter, but I love you all the same. Feel free to absolutely. call back. Okay, I'll talk to you later. Good luck. All right, brother. Have a great night. Thanks. Oh, man. That was probably the best conversation he he he's had in all this time calling. Man, I'm I'm proud of him, man. So, what we're gonna do? We're gonna go ahead and end tonight's episode, and we're gonna close out uh, first, like we always do. We gotta make sure everybody's hearts and minds are clear. Starting with my soul mate, my spirit mate, my wife. Is your heart and mind clear? Yes, it is. Thank you. I love you. I love you. My, my my cousin who 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 who's been down since uh we was calling him Tonka when he was in diapers. Bless huh. me. Thank you. Uh is your heart and mind clear? Yeah, they're pretty clear, cuz they're pretty clear. Thank you for all your input and thank you for your support and I love you as well. Thank you for having me on the show and I love you too. So with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and pray and we're gonna go ahead and close it out. But before we right. do, we're going to go ahead and, and just remember that it's consistency is the heartbeat of humanity. If we keep everything consistent, that's how we keep humanity alive and take it off life support and let it live. So that being said, Father God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this call. We thank you for this platform. We thank you for the callers. We thank you for the listeners. Lord, we thank you for all the situations and issues that has come about so we can bring these conversations and topics to the forefront. So that way we can use these as learning tools to improve. We know that our government body may change. We know that the 
the issues may change, but we know that you're the constant. And as long as we have love for you and we love you, then we should love our brothers and sisters accordingly. With that being said, Lord, we're going to remove all the, the illness that's going out towards one another and replace it with love. Love done right, we know, can heal anything. So we ask that you step in because you're in the midst, for God is love. And we ask all this in your son's name. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That concludes tonight's episode. Peace, love one another, respect everybody, and let's, let's keep it simple. Keep it consistent. Peace.